Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey, what's going on, James? Hey, man. How are you? Good. Just living the dream. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the uh, latest episode of WS Trades Podcast. And we're going to start this off. James, if you want to go over your trade you had on last week, anything you closed out or kind of adjusted? Yeah, so I didn't have much on for last expiring last week. I think I only had four plays on. Um, one of them that bit me was Spy. Um, yeah, they sold off with everything, I think, on Friday. It's like a pretty volatile week, but um, it was just the one wide iron condor, I think. And uh, since the price was pretty close to my puts, I didn't have to go max loss on it. I, I think it was just like five minutes before market close or something, I was able to put it in order and buy back for like 86 bucks instead of uh, having to pay the full 100 or, you know, letting it ride and both legs finishing the money and take the max loss. So I think I took like overall a $60 loss on that one. Um, Cause I think I sold it for like 26 or 86. Um, and then Novavax went nuts. Um, <laughs> they went to like 200 and something. I don't even know where they finished that, but it was way past my calls. Cause I think my calls were like 147 and 148. Um, and then I had a Valero earnings play. I think it was just an iron condor that I went max profit on. Uh, they just traded flat even after earnings. So that was good. And then uh, I think I had a weekly on IWM. Uh, that was also an iron condor. Um, They sold off pretty hard along with everything else, but um, I had a wider range on them. I think my short put was like 201, um, and they finished around 205 or 206. So even with the crazy sell-off that happened last week, that one did not hurt me, and I was able to go max profit. So, um, yeah, those were like my four plays that um, expired for me last week. Nice. Yeah, I just had, besides my, I still came out with, on top last week because I had an FSR um, deep in the money call I had that I was going to do covered calls against. And they ended up doing what they always do and blasted off at one point in the week. And I made, I believe it was 120 profit off of that one. Because, uh, yeah, if you guys watched me and James's uh, videos on YouTube, our end of the week trading updates i for two weeks got greedy with fsr played them every week and i got greedy twice when they just blasted off just thinking okay they're going to keep this is finally the point when they're going to blast you know back to around 20 bucks and ended up just you know they dove after that so this week i was like nope i'm taking my profits off the table not going to mess around anymore so i ended up making like 120 on that and the only other play I had on besides, you know, those stupid uh, penny stocks that are not penny stocks, um, the little speculative things I was doing was Apple. I had a put credit spread on them and that just, oh my God, they, I think they were down like 
8% in two days or something crazy. And I just assumed, and I screwed up and I know I did because I, you know, in my head thought, okay, this is, you know, they destroyed earnings, just crushed everything. And I thought, okay, people are going to take profits. You know, that's fine. I'm still, I think I was still like three or four bucks out of the money after, uh, after earnings. And I was like, okay, well, tomorrow's fine. You know, because they destroyed earnings, they're going to, you know, skyrocket back up to like 140, 145. And they just sold off hard again on Friday and just completely screwed me. I went just about max loss. I think I saved uh, a couple bucks over max loss because I sold uh, before. They were kind of doing a little bit of pumping at the end of the day on Friday. So I got out, you know, saving a couple bucks. But yeah, that thing just turned hard against me along with, you know, pretty much the markets on Friday were horrible. Um. Yeah, so that's all I had on. Uh, did you you want to go over anything you're looking at to play next week? Or yeah, um, I noticed I had a lot of stuff lined up for um, February 19th. I don't have anything uh, for the monthlies right now in March, so I definitely think in this coming week I want to start lining some stuff up for March. Um, I'm thinking maybe some of the stuff I've already been playing. Um, I know I've got some stuff on right now, uh, some iron condors or something I sold on like uh, EEM, uh, EWZ, um, UNG. That one's looking really good. So I might do like a March uh, UNG. So I want to start lining some stuff up, uh, maybe even like DIA, SPY, QQQ as well. Maybe IWM just kind of put on some of those uh, March monthlies for the um, – different ETFs and indexes. And then um, for stuff that might expire next week, I was kind of looking at earnings and stuff and I saw there might be some opportunities. I know PayPal has earnings, um, Pfizer, uh, Exxon Mobil, uh, Chevron, T-Mobile's in there as well. Um, UPS, Honeywell. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, good opportunities. Uh, maybe for stuff that's expiring February 5th um, with some of these uh, big names for earnings. Um, I see Siemens in there, Philip Morris, uh, Sony, uh, Charter, uh, Snapchat as well. Um, I think you were mentioning something to me maybe about Snapchat. I don't know if it was a uh, maybe a March expiration, but didn't you say the IV was pretty jacked up on them right now, right? Yeah, IV's insane on them. I, I'm definitely going to be playing them, uh, open some moves on it tomorrow. Yeah, I see them in there too. So, yeah, Snapchat might be a good idea. They're trading 5310 or something right now. Um, I see Nintendo and Activision in there as well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, lot of really good opportunities for earnings coming up within the next week or two. So I will probably check out pricing and try to put some of those on this week uh, for sure. Even Ferrari's in there. It looks like Ferrari has earnings as well. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, great opportunity cash in on that uh, high implied volatility. Yes, yeah, Snap for sure. I'm going to go. It's crazy, man. If you look at the um, the option chain on them, it's – I think it's implying like a 17% move after mm. earnings. 
Mm-hmm. So if you go to the uh, February 12th, and got it. Uh, I think the play I'm going to put on is the from the Zelda 46, uh, 45 put spread. So okay. I think they're going to do good on earnings. And I'm going out, you know, two weeks basically. So if mm-hmm. they do have, you know, a pullback, then I'll have time to, you know, make some adjustments like I should have did with Apple, but, you know, just dicked myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about, well, shit, even if you went, oh, they start going to the five wides that deep. But yeah, I mean, the, the IV so crazy on, um, on snap right now, I, I got to make a play on them and I'm pretty bullish with it. So I'm going to, uh, be doing the put spreads. Cause I think, you know, I don't want to, when the implied volatility is that crazy, I don't want to do an iron condor because, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to go either way. So I'm thinking they're going to do good and kind of pop off. They've been somewhat consolidating for quite a while. I mean, it's kind of a wide range, but they're not like blasting off like they did before. So I have a feeling they're going to make a move up. And then Apple as well. <clears throat> Apple, I'm going to play smart like I should have did before, but you couldn't really get paid a lot for it. Um, let me open up the... Okay. I'm going to go... The, I think I'm going to do just the, I might do the uh, February 5th expiration. And if you look at their charts, they have quite a bit of support around 126, 127-ish. Yeah, so I see that. Right yeah. um, let's do, well, let's pull up the 5th. If you do the 126 and... 125 put spread that's 24 bucks and i want to say it was uh around 40 something if you go in the next week the uh, 12 so yeah definitely with that support down there and how they crushed earnings that's definitely gonna be the play i do i don't know if i'm gonna do like a weekly on it or the uh sorry the expiring friday or next friday but that's definitely where i'm gonna put my freaking um for them to buy in it is that around 126 area because they've just bounced off of that a few times. I don't think they're going to, if they do touch that, I don't think they're going to go below it. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, Skyworks. You want to pull up that chart? This one's super interesting to me. What's the, uh, is it just SKY or what's the ticker on that one? Uh, SWKS. SWKS. Oh, okay. Oh, what the heck? They had a crazy parabolic move and then they came back down to like 169 <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm still really bullish on them because they're uh mm-hmm. one of apple suppliers and mm-hmm. that's when they had after they had that earnings announcement and just blasted off mm-hmm. now they came down so i'm still bullish on them. i'm probably gonna do a uh you gotta wait probably one more day and see what's going on but uh be doing a put spread on them as well and they because of that move uh the options are paying pretty good yeah they um like you're saying they had that earnings that big spike those some crazy candles it got up around to 190 and then it just came almost all the way back down and then yeah the last i'm just looking at the one hour chart right now yeah it looks like they're consolidating or something around 169 so maybe that's going to be the short-term bottom or something yeah, that's why I'm not 100% on them, so I'm going to wait and see how everything reacts tomorrow and uh, 
possibly putting a trade on them. Uh, what else do I have? And two that I'm uh, bearish on is FDX and AT&T, or FedEx and AT&T, which is FDX and T. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to make, make a play on uh, AT&T because the chart to me looks like they're going to fall out, but the options don't pay shit, so it's like, it, you know, it's not even worth it. Because it's, you know, what is that, a $20, yeah, $28 stock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Last time I played them, they, yeah, I, I don't think the IV was that high either. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to get paid a decent amount on them for sure. Um, the other stuff, is some a couple things I'm, um, I'm bullish on is uh, Luminar Technology, L-A-Z-R which is super okay. high IV all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Datadog, which is D-D-O-G. So it seems like there's some good opportunities. They've been just kind of consolidating a bit. I think they're primed to, to make a bit of a move. Yeah, D-D-O-G. It looks like they came down and hit around 97, 98 like three times in the last, I'm looking at the one hour chart. So yeah, that could be support. And they went up and hit around 112. So um, yeah, if they're going to make a move higher again and retest the highs, there's a lot of room to move up. And yeah, that's all I got on my, uh, my radar right now that I'm willing to kind of get into. Yeah, FDX, I was looking at their chart, the one hour, so 20 day. Yeah, they've been struggling. They're up like around 261, and it's been pretty ugly since then. Yeah, even on the daily, they, you know, they tried to make a move back up and just got shut back down. It's, I don't, it's where I don't like playing uh, stocks that have, you know, just taken a fat dive mm-hmm. or just went crazy, you know, higher. Mm hmm. With these guys, it just—I don't know, man. <laughs> they look like they're just struggling super hard. Yeah, like black that like uh, two forty-three-ish area. Mm-hmm. It was a somewhat resistance for them, and or support for them. And I, yeah, I just feel like they're going to keep on trending down for a minute. Yeah, I see. Back on October thirtieth, they went down and tested about two fifty-five. They popped off a bit. They came right back down. On November 9th, they hit 255 again, and then they made that big run up to 305. And then after that, yeah, that's some kind of longer term support around 255. And then they, once they fell through that on January 4th, uh, they came back up and tried to break through that, and they hit it twice. <laughs> it's like I'm on the one you know, the daily chart and yeah, there's like four nasty red candles after that. So yeah, I think you're right. Like it hit that 255. Once it fell through there, it tried to go back up and break through and it's going the other way. So yeah, I have to say, uh, I have, I think I agree with you on the, they're probably going lower for a little bit here. Yeah. And that's, and it's another thing I'm going to start doing is <clears throat> lately I've been, trying to go a little bit further out in expirations, but yeah. like my, the way I have my scanners kind of set up is how I think this week's going to go. But um, it doesn't give me, when you're doing 
like a one week to expiration it doesn't give you a lot of time for adjustments and if you do an adjustment you're not really going to get paid anything mm-hmm. so what i'm trying to do is expand and you know look at the like the daily charts and see where they're like long term going to go and kind of place them further out like monthlies and you know, you get paid more, your capital's kind of tied up, but if they make a big move either direction, then, you know, you can get out of it and you can make adjustments and stuff. I need to, I think I'm going to slow down on doing the like seven day to expiration stuff. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of those for earnings and a little bit on the indexes, but um, yeah, I seem to have better luck as well. If I'm going like 30 days out at least or something like that. Um, so yeah, I've kind of noticed the same because if you have just that seven days or that short time frame, if the thing just makes a move, like on Friday, kind of happened to us, you know, on Spy and Apple, that's it. I mean, you're out of time. <laughs> but if you're two weeks, three weeks, four weeks out, you know, that gives a chance for the buyers to step back in and, you know, the bulls to kind of drive the price back up. So you, you have a better chance of surviving a crazy volatile week like we had last week so yeah i know what you mean yeah we um what i gotta work on too is my assumptions there uh fsr screwed me twice because i was like okay i'm assuming this is the time they're gonna pop off and they didn't and then i finally this week was like screw it i'm taking my profits and yeah i assumed the apple because they destroyed earnings were gonna you know i knew there was gonna be profit taking there always is mm-hmm. but like i didn't see this market sell off coming mm-hmm. and i could have had i on thursday or even early friday i could have rolled into next week uh for a small profit and then you know i still have that play on i'm still you know obviously bullish on apple long term mm-hmm. so i could have rolled in something but i just you know i had my assumptions that you know this is going to happen and sure as hell it didn't happen because <laughs> the market doesn't what i think right yeah that's yeah that's another good point like with those shorter term to expiration like you know when this kind of reversal just happens it's like yeah you just you don't have any time left and the big sell-off hits and then you know that's it but if you had another week until expiration i mean i look at futures right now they were kind of ugly earlier we were talking about it like they pushed hard down immediately and now they're kind of going green so yeah let's just say you had another week in those contracts you'd you know you'd probably survive because especially with the the earnings beat like you were talking about on apple i mean i i think they got to go up here in the short term i would imagine they're going to go green this week and you know end up finishing above whatever your you know your short put was for last week that is insane i just pulled up the s&p e-minis mm-hmm. and they're up 0.3 percent <laughs> when we were talking they were down like 1.2 percent or something yeah unreal yeah as soon as you said futures are dying i looked at it and i'm like oh my goodness the short sellers just try to crush it immediately and now you look at it and you never would have known Everything's, everything's green the dow's futures are up like 87 points or something it's like okay crazy this market is something else 
Yeah, for sure. Like last week was pretty nuts. So with the big sell off and then a nice green day, kind of a rally. And then Friday, bam, right back down. Crazy. <laughs> um, oh, there's something I wanted to go over. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a video I'm going to be working on. And <clears throat> it's going to take me a while because I realized that, you know, doing back testing and stuff, it takes a minute. But I want to do a video on adjustments because after, you know, me screwing myself on that Apple play, I realized, you know, I should make a video on doing adjustments and how to, um, or scenarios that you get into how you can kind of mitigate it a bit because like, no matter what I would have did with that Apple besides rolling it at the right time, uh, I could have made several adjustments and, you know, not lost as much money. I like the strikes I was at was I was going to get just blown over anyways, but there were a lot of adjustments I could have made uh, running up to that and, you know, lessen the blow a bit. So definitely I'm going to work on that video. It's just going to take me a minute. So, you know, you guys keep uh, hit that notification bell because I'll upload that and like adjustments are super important. And that's one of the reasons I like playing options over just buying stock as you I mean if you just sold a put you could turn that put through adjustments into an iron condor like just there's like unlimited things you can do with options and adjustments it's a great way to uh to play the stock market in my opinion yeah I missed the same opportunity honestly with spy it was so close I think it was out of the money I want to say maybe early Friday. And I was like, okay, this is probably going to be a good day. Right. <laughs> so we had a pretty good like sell off earlier in the week and, you know, a little bit of a rally and I'm like, how oh, cool. looks like I'm going to make it out on spy. And uh, it was so close. It was like a couple bucks away from my short foot being in the money. And honestly, at that point I should have just rolled it cause it was too close. And it's like, if I just roll this thing out another week, grab a little more credit, reduce max loss, you know, if, you know, Friday sells off. If today is another massive sell off, which it ended up being, you know, I've got time for, you know, the buyers to step in rally. And then, uh, you know, if anything, I reduce my max risk. So yeah, I, I missed out. I should have done the same thing you're talking about. Once it started to get close, just, you know, roll the thing at least out to next week, grab a little more credit, uh, you know, so yeah, I've got to, you know, make sure I'm, not missing those opportunities as well. Yeah, I think one thing with me too, I, I'm i probably going to open up more contracts per uh, play that I make because I'm trying to get really strict on the parameters that I'm I'm making plays in. So like my watch list, like if you go to the website, my watch list is only uh, a couple long because it's I'm trying to like tighten up what I think is going to happen uh, and the plays that I'm going to make. So I think what I need to do instead of, you know, I got a bunch of cash sitting on the sideline because I don't think, you know, there's a lot of plays I want to get into. I just need to open up more contracts per play and then, you know, run it that way and definitely don't do, I got to stay away from the freaking seven day expirations, man, that are killing me. Yeah, I think the only, uh, you know, I'm guilty of it too on the uh, ETFs and the indexes. Like I've been playing some weekly 
um, IWM and spy and stuff like that. And they've been working out for me for the most part, but, um, I probably should also stick to just single, you know, stocks for earnings on that too. And then, you know, because they kind of bake in the implied volatility just on those weekly contracts, but for everything else, I mean, probably doesn't make a lot of sense for me to be, um, doing the indexes or the ETFs, things like spy and, IWM and stuff like that on the weeklies, to be honest, unless the VIX is like insane, then it kind of might make some sense, which it made a pretty big move last week. I want to say there was one day, I don't know if it was Wednesday or Friday where the VIX went, went up like 60% or something insane um, after one of those big sell-offs. So um, yeah, outside of the, you know, maybe the VIX being through the roof, I probably should just make those seven days to expirations, uh, you know, just company stock for earnings only. And then everything else, you know, maybe do like 30 to 45 days out or something like that. Yeah. I I think my thought process when I'm looking at options contracts and I pull up the chain is okay. I can get paid, you know, X amount this week. And then this play is done. I can move on to the next one because it's going to expire in a week. But it just opens you up to so many issues with if the trade goes against you trying to do some sort of an adjustment. And it's, yeah, it's just, I need to lay off of it. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. That's the, I think what's enticing about the, the weeklies for sure, the seven days to expiration is, yeah, you're in and out of the play quick. But, you know, once we have days like Friday, then you're like, oh crap! <laughs> I wish I had another week. So yeah, man, I, I'm guilty of that too. All right. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No. Um, I just I know we created a thinkorswim playlist on there, and we've been throwing some stuff in there. So I definitely would like to build that out a little more, um, and definitely add to the other stuff as well. I think there's probably several more videos I can put under the Robin hood section, but um, I think there's a lot in the thinkorswim section for sure. So I'll definitely try to keep adding into that. Um, Adjustment videos was a good point. You know, we haven't really talked much about those. So I think those will be really good. And, you know, people that, you know, maybe aren't really familiar with, doing the different kinds of adjustments. I, that w- I think that'd be really helpful uh, to have that on there just to see like, you know, once the massive sell-off hits you in the face, you know, what can you do? You know, you don't have to just look at that original max loss and be like, yep, that's it. You know, I know <laughs> this is, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, you know? So that I think that would be really good to definitely put in those different adjustments in there and just show people, like you say, like how many, you know, millions of different ways you can, you know, do adjustments and, you know, turn a single option into like a two leg strategy or a four leg strategy or invert it or like do all kinds of crazy things if you want to. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. So yeah, if you can get um, a video in there, I'll definitely uh, try to upload some adjustment videos as well. I think that would be good. Yeah. I think maybe we, because there's so many different adjustments we can do mm-hmm. just both of us can just make adjustment videos on you know whatever we're thinking about at that right. time 
and then I'll save that. I'll just keep working on the back testing and upload that at, you know, another point because I want to show that, you know, this is how this adjustment would pay. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, originally this is what your max loss would be. This is, you know, what it turned into and stuff like that. I think that would be, you know, a nice video and you could actually like see what your PL would mm-hmm. be. But I think, yeah, like you're saying, like we can both just upload videos like crazy on adjustments and especially on Think or Swim. Like I didn't even think about putting Think or Swim videos on our channel because it's it just doesn't seem like well, I mean, it's like super popular, but it's not popular on YouTube. You know what right. I mean? Because there's like a million people use it, but it's like the, all the millennials are using, you know, Robin Hood and uh, Weeble and stuff like that. So, I mean, but me and you are primary brokerages, uh, TD Ameritrade. So we're using Thinkorswim and we could pump out videos like freaking crazy. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely more familiar for sure with TOS, like the desktop app and the mobile app. And, you know, we're doing all of our stuff in there. But, you know, a lot of people, especially that are, you know, newer uh, in the stock market and stuff. Yeah, they might be using Webull or Robinhood. And, uh, yeah, I definitely know that some of our uh, Robinhood and Webull videos are the ones that popped off and got like a bunch of views on YouTube because I think people are searching those out more. When I look at Thinkorswim or TD Ameritrade, I mean, people are searching those, but like even in the Google trends, when I kind of look at, you know, what are people looking for? Uh, you know, the percentages are never the same. Like people are really going after Robinhood, going after Webull, things like that. And then, you know, Thinkorswim is kind of on the back burner. Um, so yeah, I, I totally know what you mean there. Yeah, well, shoot, maybe we can change that because think or swim, in my opinion is, you know, top dog as far as things that you can do with it, customizing and I mean, you can import your own code. You can do, you know, it's crazy how powerful think or swim is. And I get, you know, why these uh, newer traders go to like a Robin Hood or a Webull because it's it's pretty. It's super easy to use, um, but it's just for the stuff that we do. I just uh, I like both platforms, mm-hmm. but I just I couldn't use it on a daily, and that sucks because you know they're commission free <laughs> on their options. Right. So you know we're paying through the nose to be on TOS, right? Yeah, I I agree. I've used. Uh you know, several, even the tasty works as well. Um, you know, I guess we could do some videos on that cause that's another popular platform. Um, I don't have as much experience as theirs. I do like Robin hood, but yeah, I mean, I actually like Robin hood and how you use it and how you do the multi-leg options and all that stuff. I feel like you're saying, I feel it's very easy to use, but in Robin hood, you don't like in the mobile app, you don't see a Delta. You don't see a theta. Like you can't, You know, at least the way it's set up by default, you know, when you pull up a TD options chain, you can just do a quick adjustment and throw up all the Greeks and just like, yeah, I mean, it's just, I agree that it's like, you know, the gold standard as far as you want to do some like crazy analysis or some crazy probability, uh, you know, stuff. It's, uh, yeah, Thinkorswim is super powerful. Yeah, I got to 
I got to respond to a comment that we got on one of the YouTube videos too. It was my Weeble uh, option. I I want to say it was just buying an option mm-hmm. video, and I'm not trying to sound rude, but the comment was it was just how to buy an option. Mm-hmm. The video was, and the comment was, um, do I have to pay for the option right now, or do I pay for it after I sell it? or at expiration. Mm. And I think the, the comment that I made, because I told them, no, you pay for it now. Um, if it if they blast off, whatever company you're looking at, and I just gave an example of it. Um, but I think I need to edit the comment and just be like, dude, you need to watch our videos, watch any videos you uh, that you can find on options before you actually just go buy an option. Like if you don't know that, you have to pay for an option right away when you buy an option. You probably shouldn't be messing with options. And I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> I've, yeah. You know that base of a thing, you shouldn't be messing with options because they are complicated. Yeah, well. that's, I mean, in my early options trading days, you know, I learned lessons because of doing crap like that. <laughs> like, I remember I sold like <laughs> some uh, naked calls on space. And this was right before the, uh, the coronavirus meltdown that the market had and they were just going bananas. Like, I don't know what they were trading at 10 bucks a share, whatever it was. And they just went on this insane run. And of course the IV was jacked up, right? I found them on a high IV list and I'm like, Oh man, look how great this, you know, the space thing plays and look at this parabolic move they've been on. They're not going to keep going higher. Right. Well, they (laughs) did. And like, I learned really (laughs) quick, like, why naked calls can be bad because i mean the the ultimate (laughs) example is gamestop right now i mean geez they hit five i think they hit 500 515 or something on i want to say on friday or something so i mean (laughs) i've you know i've kind of been there where like i didn't know in the early days like what i was doing and i'm like let me just get my feet wet and kind of try it out and then i kind of learned you know i learned some lessons for sure so yeah i think that'd be definitely a good idea just uh uh for sure you know maybe direct the that person over to watching a bunch of kind of those basic videos like what are the calls and puts and you know what is the defined risk versus you know undefined risk trades and uh yeah because you may not know you're putting your entire uh capital on the line like if you had a thousand bucks in your account and you sold uh you know like a 10 put on something and the company went bankrupt i mean (laughs) you know it's like it's definitely if you don't you know have your head wrapped around all you know at least the basic concepts really well you can definitely get into something that you don't quite understand and then you know wall street bets comes in and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does something nutty <laughs> yeah and then like everything. you're out your entire account because you know wsb's out there to like take down the institutions so yeah <laughs> yeah i just uh everyone out there just watch if it's not our videos there are a million videos on youtube there's a million websites you can go to if you don't go to our website, go to someone else's, like just learn the basics before you get into options because there is, you know, it's not like buying a stock. If I'm like, oh, I think this guy's going up, I'm going to buy a stock. Boom. I own one share of, you know, whatever it is, ABC. It's 
nothing like that. <laughs> like when you're playing with options, things get crazy. There's a lot of stuff you got to know and it's not super overwhelming. Like it's, it's, if you wanted to get crazy into, you know, how to calculate theta and all that stuff, you can, I don't know how to calculate these things. These calculations are absolutely ridiculous, but I know what theta is. I know what Delta is. I know what it's going to do to the price of my contract. And that's the stuff you got to know. Like you don't have to be some sort of mathematician to, to know how these things work and what they're doing to the contracts. So just, you know, just know the basics before you start, you know, getting into stuff. Yeah, for sure. I know we have uh, some stuff there in the education playlist, just the calls and puts, you know, what they are and how they work. And uh, I think the in the money versus out of the money and the extrinsic versus intrinsic, those ones are really good for sure. And then that one about, you know, defined risk versus undefined risk trades, definitely. Um, Yeah, just kind of get the basics down. Because I remember when I first started trading, we, you know, we would talk on the phone about the stuff and like, it just took me a while. Not that it's really hard, but it just took me a while to really make sure, all right, what happens when I sell a call and the price goes here? You know, what happens to me if I buy a call and the price goes here? You know, how does it all work? The exercise in assignment. That's another good video. Just like it took me a while just to like, you know, really make sure I knew buying and selling calls and puts and how it was going to affect me. Because if you just, you know, have a slip and (laughs) you think something, you know, different and you put on a trade without double checking it, you know, all of a sudden you kind of screw yourself. So, um, yeah, definitely those basics, just watch those videos, watch them a few times, you know, like you said, go to other people's channels and just watch, you know, just watch, watch, watch and really get it down and then, you know, get in there and start throwing some money at it. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. We did this one late. I got to get in and get to dinner. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. I will catch All you, right, on, the next catch you one. on the next one. Have a good one. Bye.